I'm Cassie Hilbron, and this is the Cook It Real Good podcast, bringing you shortcuts to success in the kitchen. Today's episode is all about how to get your kids to eat what you prepare. I chat with Melissa, the woman behind the food blog, Mama Gourmand. Melissa is a Midwestern wife and mother of four who obsesses about food, loves to prepare gourmet quality recipes, but is always short on time and energy. Daily, you'll find Melissa working out at the local YMCA, creating a calorie deficit so she can have some dessert. Possibly, it might also have something to do with the fact that they do free childcare. (laughs) Our recipes taste time-consuming, but use simple ingredients and directions. They are great for busy home cooks who just love to make delicious whole-ingredient dishes, but don't want to spend a ton of time in the kitchen. From decadent desserts to classic comfort foods, find a recipe for everyone, many with gluten-free alternatives. Melissa doesn't have time to be a short-order cook, For her family of six, yep, four kids and parents, so ensuring that everyone eats what she prepares is important. Melissa offers great tips into how to make mealtimes less stressful for parents, and I love her approach. I'm not a parent myself, but I know that getting kids to eat a well-rounded diet is hard, especially when there's things like chicken nuggets and pizza in the world. Hello, I find it hard to eat a well-rounded diet when there's things like chicken nuggets and pizza in the world. There's absolutely no judgment in this chat. Everyone does what they need to do to get the job done and kids need to be fed. But if you're pulling your hair out with yucks and nose at mealtime and you're at the end of your tether, I think Melissa's tips will help. This week's recipe of the week is my banana coconut muffins. This healthy muffin recipe is kid-friendly and great for popping in lunchboxes. Plus, it's a great way to use up ripe bananas. Grab the recipe link as well as all the links we discuss in today's episode by heading to cookitrealgood.com slash 30. Now, let's dive in. Hi, Melissa. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Hi, how are you? Very well. I'm very happy to have you here. Um, Before we kick things off today, would you mind sharing with us your last cooking fail? Well, um, it wasn't too long ago because it was yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to make, I've never baked with almond flour before, so I was trying to make almond flour muffins, and when they came out of the oven, they were maybe like an inch tall and about the consistency of oatmeal, so they were a big failure. I'm not giving up on them, but they probably weren't blog worthy yet, so (laughs) still some work to be had on those. Do you know that, like, I've actually lost count of how many people have shared with us their cooking fails are to do with using gluten-free flours? (laughs) Yes, and baking is the worst. Like, when you're cooking, I feel like you can adjust as you go, but when you bake, it's kind of just mix, throw it in there, and say a little prayer and hope it turns out. So I feel like most of my failures come from baking. 
I have had a few problems myself with it before, especially mm-hmm. almond flour, and it makes me so mad because it costs so much here. Oh, I know. <laughs> yes, I know. So yeah, there's been a few that I've gone, uh, I just have to give up on this for now because uh, mm-hmm. it, it will break my heart to buy another bag of almond flour and see it be yeah. thrown away. Like it's, it, some most of the time it's, you're right, you can save like a pot of soup or something by adding things yes. into it, but uh-huh. Um, a cooked muffin? What are you going to do with that? <laughs> I know. And it's the same thing with gluten-free flour, too. It's very expensive, so you hate to go for it to go to waste. And I think mostly I should probably just follow a recipe when it comes to that, but I have it in my mind I could make it better, and <laughs> sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't. Sometimes that's how you come up with the best ones, though. So you yeah, keep, keep following your intuition there. <laughs> <laughs> I am really interested to get into today's topic because I know that a lot of parents struggle with the endless battles of mealtime. Now, I was actually a fussy kid who drove uh-huh. my mother crazy with, I don't like that. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure that she's going to listen to this episode and wish that this was around back then. <laughs> mm-hmm. But even when I think back to my fussiness, um, I actually had quite a strong palate for a child. My family, I grew up with uh, extended Greek relatives and we ate a lot of Mediterranean types of food. You know, I lived off feta cheese and olives and baklava. And that's even quite strange to some some people. Even as adults, they haven't tried those foods. And I've I found this even with my husband. Now, he is extremely fussy and he grew up with a family who ate what we call in Australia the meat and vegetable diet. Like they get meat and three veg on their plate every night and it's that's fine. It's perfectly healthy, but he just doesn't have a huge palate and he's very spice adverse. Like even to the point if I have a little pepper in something, he'll be like, oh, this is too spicy for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have I have his permission to talk about this. <laughs> So I can just imagine that this is something I need to get right when we have kids. But I also know that I'm talking to a lot of mothers, especially my sisters, they have trouble with kids being fussy, not eating what's on offer. And it's just that endless battle of mealtime. It's, I don't want this or yuck. And they don't even try it. And especially when you've just cooked a meal and put in all that effort to have it refused is so frustrating. Yes, that definitely makes you angry. And I think a lot of those food battles, it's not so much the kids, it's kind of, or your husband for that matter, it's how people respond to it. So I think a lot of people get into these routines of kind of caving to those, uh, I don't know, those bland diets or whatnot. And then, you know, they get used to those foods. And then when they're met with something else, like a spice or a foreign ingredient or something they don't recognize, then they're automatically turned off from it. So that's probably my my biggest tip is don't give in to it. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that makes it makes it more of a battle in the short term, but in the long term, I mean, your kids will turn into great eaters if you don't, I mean, you are the adult, you know, what's healthy, you know, what they should eat. Don't give in to the two-year-old because of course they're going to want to eat cookies and cheese and butter noodles for the rest of their life. Who wouldn't? But you kind of have to be the grown up, which you are, and, you know, introduce them to more foods. That definitely makes sense. And I, uh, I think that there's quite a few things, not just food, where you it is that short-term battle for the long-term gain. Yeah. Uh, and I'll say I, I did not start off this way. I think 
when I had my first, um, and it was just my husband and I, and um, my daughter was, you know, starting to eat finger foods, I just assumed that she would only like chicken nuggets and noodles and mac and cheese and grilled cheese and anything white flour with cheese, basically. I thought that's all she would eat. So I would make my husband and I a meal and I would give her those, you know, traditional toddler foods. So, and it was easy then because it was just my husband and I, and it was just her. So, I mean, it's, you know, you're a first time parent. It's kind of just what you see on TV and you kind of follow other people's leads. And that's what I did. And I always had those foods ready and waiting at my house. When she was hungry, I could pull out those kid approved foods. And I did that for the longest time until I kept on having more and more kids (laughs) and it got more and more difficult and more expensive to feed those kids. So yes, I, I, I started out that way too. And I feel like I, I have evolved from there and kind of I'll have some tips for all your listeners of now my kids are fantastic eaters and it kind of happened unintentionally but I turned them into that way because of basically the biggest thing was presenting a lot of different foods to them so don't assume that your kids are only going to like those foods they can like other foods it's just a matter of introducing them to them Definitely. And you're a self-proclaimed foodie, which I can totally relate to. And as you said, this process has sort of been an unintentional one, but introducing them to the foods that you love. Can you give us some tips that you have for parents who are trying to expand their children's palate, who may have, you know, like you started off with, defaulting to the typical kid-friendly foods that we all know and love. And hey, Mm -hmm. I I still love those foods. I want to eat the chicken nuggets for dinner, but hey, I got to have the vegetables too. Yes, Um, exactly. How do we get our house to the point where we can prepare one meal for all? Um, Well, for me, it just, it started with having more kids. It just became more difficult to prepare separate meals. And who wants to prepare separate meals? I mean, dinner is hard enough as it is, let alone doing it you know, twice over every night. So I, like I said, or like you said, there was, I was always a foodie. So I always had plenty of recipes I wanted to try. Um, My love of cooking meant that we were never eating the same thing. So I never fell into that weekly dinner routine where I know a lot of people, I don't know if this is an Australian thing, but a lot of Americans have meatless Monday, taco Tuesday, pasta on Wednesday. They have, they eat the same basic meals every week. Um, For my family, that we never did that. I always had recipes I want to try. I followed blogs. Um, I had cooking magazines. I mean, Pinterest is so accessible now. I always had a plethora of different dishes and recipes. I tried out different week every week. So my kids never became used to seeing the same thing over and over again. So I think that's the number one thing is 
keep on offering different foods. If they know that they're always going to get tacos every Tuesday and Tuesday comes around and there's no tacos, yes, they're probably going to balk at it. But if you keep them guessing, then they won't expect it. That is, that's a good point. I remember growing up, we, we definitely didn't have like themed days. It was just whatever was on offer at the time. And you're right. If you, if it was taco Tuesday and I didn't get my damn tacos, I would be mad. (laughs) (laughs) I like the idea of just mixing it up, no set days. You can obviously have a meal plan, but you don't need to have a special day for only having pasta on Wednesdays. Yes. Yes. And I'll get to that later. But yes, meal plans are are definitely helpful for growing kids that into great eaters. Um, but another important thing is to not give them so many snacks. I feel like um, we never really get out of that your child is a newborn phase where you feel like you have to feed them every two hours. Um, Kids don't need to eat that much. They don't need to have a snack between breakfast and lunch and after dinner. I, I feel generally that kids are just getting too many snacks. If they do not have as many snacks in between meals, they will come to dinner hungry. My kids, when they sit down to eat, they are hungry and they are ready to eat because they don't really, well, first of all, they don't have access to the snacks. It's not a free for all. Um, They're not allowed to just go and get whatever they want. Uh, They have to ask me, you know, if they could have a snack and Yes, you know, if they're hungry, yes, they could definitely have one. But it's not just going to the pantry and grab, you know, a handful of Cheez-Its or whatever all day long because, I mean, no one would be hungry if they did that. So I think an easy one parents could do is stop giving them so many snacks so they're actually come to the dinner table hungry. Yeah, my mom used to have a rule of like, if you're not hungry enough for a piece of fruit, then you're not really hungry. I'm sure mm-hmm. lots of people's moms did that. And I, uh, even still today, I think about that sometimes when I'm scrounging around for a snack. I'm like, I, I'm not really hungry right now. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a, that's a great rule of thumb. And I kind of, I'm without knowing it, but that's kind of what I do to my kids. If they say I'm hungry, I will say, oh, do you want some carrots? Do you want an apple and peanut butter? You offer them some healthy things. And if they turn up their nose on it, then yes, they're, they're probably not hungry. They're probably bored or, you know, I don't know. They, they just want to eat something. So yes, that's a, that's a great point. And when you are coming to the the table, like you said, if maybe if what was on offer isn't your favorite thing and we all have foods that we eat that may not be our favorites and that's okay. Kids will have those too. But if they're not hungry to start off with, of course they're not going to eat it. (laughs) Yes. Yes, of course. Um, And then the other thing was when, I mean, like you said, they're not going to love everything that you give them. But I used to, and I did this more when um, I had my first two, I used to stress so much about if they didn't eat their dinner, especially when they were younger, when they were two or three, if they didn't eat their dinner, I I would get worried that they were going to like starve and die in the next 12 hours. I don't know what was, what I thought so horrible was going to happen, but I would give them something else because I didn't want them to go hungry. Um, Now I, I don't really stress about it anymore. If my kids don't eat dinner, then they don't 
eat dinner and they usually eat a lot at breakfast the next day. So, I mean, it's not going to kill them if they skip a meal once again again. And if they didn't want their dinner, usually what I do is I would just wrap it up. I put it in the fridge. And when they came to me 47 minutes later and told me that they were hungry, I would give them their dinner again. If they didn't eat it, they're probably still not actually hungry. So I, there was no separate meal I was going to make anymore because they didn't eat their dinner. I do love that. And you're right. You can just put the dinner away. And if they come back for it later, then they can have it then. Yeah. Yeah. And if in that's then dinner is dinner. If I sat down and they didn't like it, I there was no way I was going to offer something else. I think that kind of just puts you into a bad routine. And this is what I was alluding to earlier, that the kids kind of start calling the shots because they know I don't like this. And if I tell my mom or dad, I don't want this. Can I have pizza or a bowl of cereal? Instead, they will say yes. Well, that's kind of setting up a, a bad system for everyone. So you you have to hold your ground and show that this is what you prepared. This is what you spent time on and money on. And this is what they're having. If they don't like it, I'm, I mean, they don't have to eat it or they could fill up on the dishes, you know, that you're serving with it. They could fill up on the fruits or veggies or salad or anything else that you're serving with dinner if they don't like the main thing you're making. Exactly. And you're not a short order cook. <laughs> you're no, not in the kitchen no. to make 10 different meals. So you yeah. have one and there's bits, obviously there will be bits on the plate that they can eat. And if they don't love everything, well, that's, yeah. that's tonight. Tomorrow might be different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just don't stress about it. Don't take on their food drama. <laughs> I like just that. Just let it go and they will come around. Um, the other thing was the um, I've noticed, especially since I started the food blog, my kids have become better and better eaters. And a lot of it is because of all these things I said before, but it's I'm always trying new foods. They're used to not seeing the same thing over and over again, and they're used to it being a little bit out there. So I'm um, have fun and experiment. They know when I'm testing out a recipe and I'll tell them, okay, well, I'm testing out this recipe. And even if you're not a food blogger, you could still present it that way. You could say, okay, I'm trying something new. Let's all tell, tell me what you think. And they could give constructive, constructive criticism, kind of make it into like a, I don't know, like they're food critics or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, so they, so experimenting new foods kind of makes it fun for them at the dinner table. I like that as well. Yeah. And you, you are allowed to try new things and it is getting them into the process of thinking about what is it, what are the parts of this meal that you like? What are the flavors that you like? And that even helps them start to figure out what it is that they prefer. Yeah. And that, I mean, there's been some times where I've set dishes down and i I mean, I was just holding my breath thinking there's no way they're going to eat this. Either it's super spicy or strong tasting. And I never said anything, but I have been so surprised with how many times that they just 
dive right in now. They don't say anything. Even if the food's very spicy, they've kind of you kind of get used to eating spice after a while. So, I mean, they might drink a little bit more water <laughs> at dinner, but they generally eat it. They're like, mom, pass the milk. Oof. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, if that's what it takes and whatever. <laughs> All right. Do you have any like other helpful tips for say busy parents who are wanting to master mealtime and just get it done as quickly as possible? Um, well, actually on my blog, um, it's mamagraman.com. I have, if you sign up for my email list, I have a free grocery shopping guide. And I can also, um, I'll send you a link to it as well. So you can put it in the show notes. So if you want to just go straight to the guide, you can. But it just lays out how I meal plan each week. I'm a huge meal planner. I'm not necessarily like the prep all the food on Sunday type of person. But when the week comes around, I know what I'm making each day. So it tells exactly how I do that, how I, um, the tools I use for grocery shopping to save money, how I stay in a budget each week, um, how I get, uh, pick out what I'm going to make based on what's on my pantry and my freezer and fridge and kind of lays it all out there for you. So that's, I would say if you do anything, start there, start with a meal plan each week, pick some meals that are kind of middle of the road that you'll enjoy and the kids are open to, um, stop giving them so many snacks. Um, so they're hungry when they come to meals and then also just kind of hold your ground. Don't, don't, uh, go into their food drama. Like I said, just, um, you're the adult. So act like one. <laughs> yeah and look I think that it's all about where you're at so you know if you're perfectly fine with with your system at home that's fine but I know that there are a lot of parents out there who are asking for this information who go how how can I get my kids to eat what I'm making because every yeah. night seems yeah. like a drama as you say and it's upsetting and it's frustrating so I think that yeah. if this is the message that you need to hear today I, I'm so happy that it's there for you but if you have a system at home that's working for you keep that that's fine <laughs> oh yes yes do what works best for you i i'm speaking to the moms and dads that are saying my kids are the pickiest eaters they won't eat anything that i make to them and i would say maybe just kind of look and see why they're not eating that it it could be cuz they're not hungry it could be because they're offered other foods that they like. So yes, if you have a system that works for you, more power to you because you don't want to make your life any more difficult when you have kids. <laughs> oh, but like, as you said, uh, I know so many of those parents who are just at their wits end with it. So <laughs> I think they're going to get so much out of your tips. They are awesome. And I'm, I'm just going to keep remembering that. Don't get into your kids' food drama. That's the quote from the episode. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> now you shared with us your website and I will definitely definitely link that and the uh, email opt-in. But where else can my listeners find you? Um, all my social is at Mama Graman. So I'm pretty active on Instagram um, and Facebook. And then you're welcome to send me an email too. I am more than happy to talk food and meal planning or any other question that you have. Just send me an email. 
That is so generous of you, Melissa. And thank you so much for sharing your tips today. Like I said, I think it will be a really big help to people. And I'm going to keep this in mind. I I haven't started my parenting journey yet, but (laughs) I know I will be getting a few dinner battles in the future. So I'm going to remember this conversation and keep it for then. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. so much fun chatting with Melissa and I absolutely loved all of her tips. I I must say, you know, I'm not a parent myself yet, but starting a family is something that my husband and I are looking to do. And I think a lot about the fact that he is such a fussy eater and how can I help my future children learn how to have a more adventurous palate try new things and hopefully they get my taste not his (laughs) um and you know like it's something that we've discussed together that he is even sad that he doesn't have the palate for things because obviously if he was exposed to a lot more different foods when he was younger he would not think something was yuck automatically so um yeah i'm gonna get the kids as quickly as possible onto all of the random foods like olives and hummus that I grew up on and hope for the best. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I also understand that we all have things that we like and don't like. So I think it's drawing that fine line between just being fussy and not accepting food when they think that something better was on offer. I know that my mother always made it very strict in our house. If you didn't like what you, well, if you didn't eat what was being served to you, you wouldn't have anything. And yeah, you quickly stopped complaining about what was on the dinner table if you had to go to bed hungry. <laughs> but you know what? It, it, it all has its place. It all has its place. And I I really loved Melissa's uh, fresh take on it. Um, so yeah, I hope that that episode really helps all the mums and dads out there. And if you know someone who this episode will help, send it to them. I'm, I'm sure they'll love to hear it. If you want any more of the links that we discussed in today's episode, go to cookitrealgood.com slash 30. That's it from me. Have a great week and don't just cook. Cook it real good. Bye.